Hey, y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we are doing a very impromptu episode of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast. But before I get started, I just want to know what the hell I'm actually doing. Um, I want to thank you all for listening, per usual. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears for about an hour or so once a week, and I hella appreciate that. I'm on the road with my ear sets or earbuds in, so if you hear the little microphone brushing against my shirt with the audio, I apologize in advance. I literally am driving so I'm working to, uh, I'm doing two things at once, but it's on me to create. And when spirit says to create, um, I try to do so as long as I'm not putting myself in harm's way to injure myself or others. As I do have a passenger in my vehicle. Say hello. So, so yeah. So, um, with that being said, y'all know homegirl Thursdays when I usually put stuff out, right? Usually I'm putting out content. I hate to say content, but I'm just putting shit out for y'all. Whether it is, oops, seatbelt. There we go. Usually, if I'm not putting out an episode or a YouTube video or something of that nature, um, I'm putting out a podcast episode. But lately, like I said in previous episodes, the bootleg series is just a motherfucking thing to further notice. It just is, okay? Only because I've been, it's been on me to create so sporadically and on the moment, on the spot, that I don't put out the audio in time for my producers to chop it up, flip it, smack it up, rub it down, make it all nice and polished and sexy for y'all to hear. So... But I, and at first, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of like, damn, this is not what I like to do. I came a long way from this. I had this podcast for three years. I shouldn't be doing this. But then I thought about it. My, my product or whatever I am, you know, doing my content, my episodes, is coming out as authentically, as raw, as real. I mean, I hate to say real, you know, keeping it real. But, you know, like, I, as long as it's coming out true to form, true to me, and what I stand for, what Spiritual Homegirl stands for, then I'm okay with letting the shit ride in terms of production. I know there's a lot of beautifully produced pieces of shit out here, whether it's audio content people, etc., so, you know, I'm not going to trip on that. And I hope you don't either. So I know we are in Small Business Saturday. I launched my Spiritual Homegirl pop-up shop on Friday. It's live until Tuesday. I got a lot of cool shirts, sweatshirts, crystal aromatherapy products, puzzles, puzzle books. And I want to talk about that really briefly in terms of lessons that I learned along this process of, be, of becoming somewhat of a um, spiritually centered entrepreneur as well as um, lessons I learned in business, too, in general. So I'm just going to be honest. This is really off the dome as they normally are. And I always say this and you're probably like, damn, you always say this because it's true. So um, hopefully you'll get some lessons or prayerfully, I should say. I don't like to say hope because hope always implies that there's a potential something not happening. But I trust that somebody, even if it's just one of y'all, will get something out of this. I know for me, doing these episodes is like therapy. So I know I'm going to get something out of it. But I just hope that it inspires and maybe um, help somebody learn um, whatever they decide to do in terms of whether they want to do a business or whether they um, know somebody that's doing business or whatever. So a quick story about how I became a, a quote unquote business woman, right? So y'all know if you've been down from the beginning, even if you've been down since 2017, um, you basically know that I had only podcasts and online content. That was it. That was all I was trying to do. That's all I wanted to do. I wasn't on no shit where it was like, hey, monetize your passion make money off of doing what you have to do. I was kind of like, I do this shit for free. I got a day job. It's cool, whatever. Um, and I'll just, you know, do this as, as a passion project because this is, this is really coming from my heart and from my soul. And I really ain't in it to make no money. So I kind of struggled with the idea of monetizing something that I wanted to do because I felt ashamed. And the reason why I felt ashamed in the beginning is because I didn't want to come off like somebody just constantly selling shit, selling shit, selling shit. 
And like I said, people were telling me all the time, so how are you going to monetize off of it? I keep it a thousand. A very popular health uh, person, she's a, a person that, let me not say what exactly she do because y'all might figure out who it is. Um, she may or may not be listening. There's no lies told in this story. It's, it's truth and it is what it is. I was doing an event. I think it was, well, I won't say either because y'all definitely know who it is then. But I was doing an event and the woman had a very respected established business with this health stuff that she did and um i was getting ready to go speak and before i spoke the woman said oh this is cute this is cute now me personally again y'all if y'all got a business or a practice project when somebody tell you y'all shit is cute y'all may be inclined to get offended you have the right to feel how you feel um words like you know oh you little so-and-so i think those are disrespectful so if you're a person that uses little as um not necessarily being disrespectful that's how you use it or cute you know be very mindful because what you might think is just the way you talk and it's just a filler word for whatever the fuck it comes off disrespectful or offensive to those um who really put blood sweat tears hard work and sacrifice and they soul into things that you may deem little or cute so that's just something to keep in mind because i don't want y'all getting cussed out and then y'all be trying to figure out why y'all got cussed out when y'all really low-key disrespected somebody's business and didn't realize it. i'm just saying so um words are very 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 uh impactful you know they always say words never hurt yeah words hurt if you choose to allow them but sometimes certain words just don't need to be said let's just keep that a thou so the woman said oh this is cute little spiritual home girl i'm thinking bit, bit, okay all right mm. And for those who do deal with people that say little and cute, just make sure you remind they ass. As soon as they finish talking about little and cute, ain't nothing little about my business. My business impacts lives. My business saves lives. My business provides for my family. Let they ass know what your business do next time they talk about what's little and what's cute. Ain't shit cute about the work I do with Spiritual Homegirl. I make it look cute, but this shit came from a lot of goddamn ego death, a lot of transformation, a lot of processing, self-examination of the experiences I've gone through, other people's experiences that I've been a part of. So ain't nothing cute about the work. Yeah, I do. I might look a little cute, but ain't nothing cute about spiritual hunger at all. So make sure you remind their asses what the fuck you do and how you how you operate. But anyway, I'll keep digressing from the story. So the woman said, Oh, this is cute, you know. So like, so you like a blogger, right? I don't consider myself a blogger because um I look at it more of I'm I'm the spiritual hunger. I am what the fuck I said I was. So I'm just kinda like, no, I'm the spiritual homegirl, actually. And she's like, so what do you do? I said, well, what you, uh, what I do is, it could be considered media, you feel me? Podcast, technically, radio. Um, you know, I do online content. You know, I, I just started getting into public speaking at that time. So I wasn't quite like public speaker, workshop facilitator, meditation teacher. I hadn't quite did these extra little titles. I was just extra little titles. See, I had to check myself. These extra titles, right? I was just doing content, um, free content. I was okay with that. She said, so how do you make money? And I'm thinking in my head, I got a stable job. I cleared a lot of money that year. Um, I really wasn't thinking about it, honestly. Because, again, remember I told y'all, I was like, you know, I'm going to stay separate with this and not make no money. She was like, so how do you make money, though? And the way she asked me was just almost like a, what's in it for you? Why would you do this if you don't make money? That's the tone. And I said, well, you know, I haven't quite thought about that yet. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rich spiritually. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest, being rich spiritually, I look at it like if you don't feel rich without the money, the money ain't going to do shit for you. And I know that sometimes in the lack mindset and lack moments, which I've had, we're all going to have them. It continues to have them because the journey is fluid. You feel me? You're going to have ups and downs. You know, sometimes we'll say, you know, money can't buy happiness, but it can damn sure pay some bills. And that's very true. But the happiness piece, 
I've seen people get money and still be pieces of shit and still be unfulfilled. So I don't really, I don't really subscribe to the ideology that money can make you happy. It could, it could take a load off, yes. But in terms of being the end-all, be-all for happiness, I disagree. So she said, oh, well, why would you do this if it don't make you money? I said, because this is something that comes from my heart. I don't need to make money for something that makes me fulfilled. I don't need money to fulfill me. And she's like, oh, well. How so? Okay, well, and I could tell she was trying to buy into the idea. Um, but and it wasn't even fun. The conversation wasn't for me. It was for her, obviously. But she was like, okay, so like, what do you do? So at the time, I didn't have a streamlined process. I was still setting it up, you know, because, again, when you start something new, you have to figure out processes and things like that that work for you. I said, um, well, what I do is I I do this, and then I do this, and then I do this. She said, oh, that's too much, bro. That's too much, bro. I can't even, I can't even do it. I'm thinking in my head, shit, everybody not meant to be on the path that I'm on and just like I'm not meant to open up no business centered in health and things like that so like you can't do all that good for you since you can't do it there's people like me that will and that can and that loves to do what I do so sometimes people are kind of like try to uh, discount what you got going on because it may seem like it's too much work if you're happy doing that work and the work and the chase of the pursuit of putting out some great stuff or, or creating a product or service or whatever makes you happy don't let nobody tell your ass the pursuit is not better than the prize because for some people it is the journey of getting there and grinding out and staying up late nights that's exciting even now when i think about the times i started spiritual homegirl i would work from like eight to five if i did overtime maybe eight to eight and then from nine to two i would work on spiritual homegirl and i would wake up maybe get five six hours of sleep if well four or five really and i get up and i'd be happy because i knew that behind the scenes i was working on something that was going to change my life and spiritual homegirl has changed my life for the better so um i just thought that was kind of cool and then I, I noticed, and shout out to Tierra Goes Green too, by the way, and Dr. Key from the Village Market ATL. Right now, today, the Village Market is going on. I hope it ain't sold out because I might want to stop through there to um, support. But the Village Market is a big-ass marketplace now out here in Atlanta that it happens once a quarter. At least as I checked, it was once a quarter. And it featured nothing but black-owned vendors, black-owned speakers, right? It was a big deal, big deal, to the point where it was selling out every year. And... It's only been around for a few years. It ain't even been five years yet, if I remember correctly. And it's popping, popping. A lot of um, inspired, I'm not going to say copycat. I'm going to say copycat, copycat for another part of this episode. A lot of inspired by markets did pop up in different regions. And I've seen it in L.A. and I'm really happy. And I'm, I don't know if it was inspired by the Village Market, but I do know the Village Market was out here pioneering a lot of those uh, bizarre type black-centered markets that a lot of people are doing today. And, you know, Black Panther came out right afterwards and, and a lot of people are understanding that, you know, supporting black-owned businesses and, and things like that is really important. So the village market, to me, was ahead of the game when it came to that. And Sierra Goes Green invited me to speak at the village market. She seen something in me, Dr. Key agreed with her, and I was doing my first speaking engagement. And I said, you know, what's the difference between me talking to a group of people and me talking to the camera? Is it a comfort level? No. Like, I mean, for those who don't know, I did pageants, you know what I'm saying, my first, what, I jumped in my first pageant when I was a baby. And then I really went hard from like 7 to 13. So I'm used to getting in front of people and talking because I handle damn choice. Not to mention, I love talking. Matter of fact, when I did Miss Pretty Southern California many, many, many years ago, when we lived in the desert, right before I moved to Atlanta, um, this girl, we had like a little party. And I got voted Miss Congeniality. And they had these little, like these little lock-in parties uh, for the pageant contestants before the actual pageant and you wrote cool stuff on the pillowcases. The one girl said, girl, you so funny, you should have your own show. And I remember thinking, damn, 
maybe I should. <laughs> and, uh, and many, many years after that, I have my own show. So it's amazing how things um, manifest over time. So for those who are kind of looking to find their purpose or a business idea or something, think about some of the experiences that you did when you was a child that really, really made you happy. And figure out how you can put your stank on them experiences and, um, and make it fly to where you can be fulfilled. And if you want to make a, a, a paycheck out of it, then you can if you choose to. Um, down the line or, or, or immediately whatever you want to do just make sure you kind of go back on your experiences and figure out what brought you the most joy and what made you happy so um where was I going with that wow I'm just in the car just taking advantage of the lack of traffic right now on I-20 because traffic does uh pull up after a certain time y'all in Atlanta y'all know once you get to that 285 yeah it's gonna be sitting so I'm enjoying the time I got before I start sitting but, um, yeah, so going back to the, the public speaking thing, I said, cool. Then I started speaking um, at the Veggie Connection. Shout out to um, Latifah and Sasha. They put me on plenty of times. I like to get back over there and start speaking again now that I'm settled in L.A. Because they let me come to their event in California over in Rancho Cucamonga and the one in Smyrna. I got a lot of experience through the Veggie Connection. So shout out to them. Then um, I, I spoke at a self-love event after that. So, um it's just been a really cool experience. I said, okay, cool, bad. I guess I'm a speaker now. I did this shit at least, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine times? But seven, eight, nine? No, I did some panels out here in LA too. I've done it at least 10 times. So I'm like, okay, well, shit, I can do it. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll be a motivational speaker. Cool. Because I mean, I'm, I'm speaking on panels, I'm speaking in front of the audiences on things. I'm cool with that. Then um, the spiritual homegirl hoodies and stuff like that, that came about because I wanted to be identified in public because remember initially if if you've been following from the beginning i have to always say this because y'all may have heard the story already but if you're new to me i initially never had intentions on being spiritual homegirl the quote-unquote public figure right i always intended on being a voice behind a mic you were never supposed to see me you were never supposed to see me on social media none of that stuff and at some point i got a reading from an elder and i was advised to go out front then i got another astrology uh i was learning astrology in a classroom setting dr cherry henderson shout out to her at the inner space in sandy springs um she i was taking the class from her after like just going all the time and i decided to take one of her astrology classes and she actually interpreted my chart and said you need to get out front and i was like what she's like get out front and i said okay we'll see how that goes and then that's what happened so um with the the hoodie i was like okay well i'm getting comfortable with the idea of being out and i got recognized a few times as spiritual homegirl and i was like oh shit okay you guys pay attention all right not saying i'm just some some famous person but i was like oh y'all okay y'all fuck with me to where y'all can recognize me and it's cool so i was matter of fact mother leah i think mother leah shout out to mother leah she found me over at Cecilia's. A couple of folks found me at album release parties and things like that. And I said, okay, well, maybe I should just make a spiritual homegirl hoodie, whatever. So I got a prototype made and I liked it. And then people, when I started posting on social media, I'd be out in public, they'd be like, oh, let me get one. And remember, it's only a prototype for me to wear so I can just kind of be out and about. I never intended on selling the shit. But when people start asking me, again, I struggled for three more months hardcore struggle and I said do I really want to do this to start selling and things like that I don't know if I want to do this but I'm like the demand says that I should and then I had to ask myself am I compromising the integrity of who I am and what I stand for whether it's I mean because I always say me and spiritual homegirl we're the same person there is no shit I put on no magical costume and all of a sudden I'm hey y'all I don't know I'm this me all goddamn day so I was like you know there is no no difference between me and spiritual homegirl she's I I am her 
and what we both stand for won't be compromised by me selling products. So I said, okay, I always vow to myself, I'll never sell out for a check. I'll never collaborate with somebody that I don't really fuck with or I don't know too well for a check. And I'll never, um, I'll never undercut somebody or steal from somebody. I mean, I wouldn't do that shit no way, but you know, I just had to make sure that I had an ethics of, um, an ethos, I should say, about what I wanted to do before I did it. So I said, you know what? I'm cool with that. Anything I ever offer, I ever offer, I will always make sure that if I have something paid, I offer something free. My podcast is free. My YouTube channel is free. My tribe letter is free. So I have free things that I can offer. So I don't feel bad about selling because I offer a lot of free things to people. And for those who are in businesses or are struggling, you know, to, to figure out how y'all want to do that, that's something that you may want to take note on in terms of, you know, if that applies to y'all. Because again, I ain't no expert in this bitch. I'm only expert on my own experience. I can only speak authoritatively on what I've been through. So for those who may be struggling with that, that's just something to keep in mind. Like if you want to sell, you know, is it compromising your business? Is it is it um, compromising who you are as a, as a man, as a woman? Does it compromise the values that you were raised with or programmed with or even if you deprogrammed or reprogrammed yourself? Is whatever you're selling going to compromise those? If it's not, then you're good. And if you are a person that's service-based like myself, do you have an initiative in place to where you can give back some of the proceeds or offer something for free to people so that you can feel a little bit balanced? Because for me, I would never want to feel like... Um, I was just sell, 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 and then I just stopped doing the podcast, stopped doing YouTube and stuff like that. I, I would never want to do that. I like to have a balance of both. So um, that's what I did. And I launched the hoodies almost two years ago. They sold out. I said, oh, shit, okay, cool. So then people were like, well, when are you going to start doing events? I said, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll do the events. And I actually did my first one with my girl, Dre, from Miniature Yogi. She is the best, the absolute best yoga teacher I've ever been um been under in terms of a student and i'm not saying that because she's my homegirl because me and dre actually met at a yoga class over at uh, the temple next to silly's and dre was really good at the poses that she was doing i said she must teach so she said hey what's up you teach i was like no i'll teach whatever and we started talking and we hit it off it was a vibe that i was like yo i fuck with dre i fuck with dre so months later when i decided to do an event i said well let's do a yoga event that'd be cool i said you know dre's really fired because i took a couple of classes of hers too and i even signed up for the gym that she worked at because of um because i can go ahead and go to her like three times a week if i wanted to so i was like perfect the gym near my house not a problem so i was like okay well if i trust somebody to do business with i'm gonna fuck with dre because dre has quality product in terms of how she puts out um her classes and things like that she practices what she preach that's super important to me um and she is at she does what she does at a high level and i know sometimes people don't want to fuck with up-and-comers i'm gonna be very clear followers don't mean shit okay when it comes to business and and being a quote-unquote influencer i don't really like the word influencer and i know they sell courses on how to be an influencer i don't fuck with that because everybody is an influencer charlie um i interviewed charlie for my podcast charlie ceo uh, or CEO Charlie, or uh, Charlie the Athlete, Charlie Rocket. Uh, he's also the founder of Quantopia as well, which is a uh, online community that's about quantum uh, physics and manifestation, things like that. He and I are on the same page when it came to what an influencer is. Everyone can be an influencer. Don't let social media and these titles and these numbers and shit make y'all feel like y'all not validated or that your message or your purpose or your business is not important because that's bullshit. 
You start believing the bullshit and manifest into all the shit you don't want. When you believe that you're not getting through the people, you won't. When you believe that your shit won't sell, it won't. Because it's it's about what you put out. And also, when people see you, they don't buy. I know it sounds cliche, but they don't buy into the, the business. They buy into the person. If people really fuck with you and they got the money, because sometimes people will fuck with you and just simply can't afford it. It is what it is. But if people got the bread and they fuck with you, they going to support if they feel like that's a priority to them. And um, and going back to Dre, I was like, you know what? I like Dre as a person. I like Dre as a professional person. I wouldn't mind doing business with her. So when we did the class, that sold out. Then Yoga 101, the second time. That, I think we, two tickets were selling out. I think because they went out of town. Yes, people bought two tickets and they couldn't go. Technically, that sold out. So I was like, you know, good things happen when you link up. Now, about selling out. I know everyone may not necessarily post the times that two people come to their meetups, which has happened to me. I know sometimes people won't post when they don't sell out of an event or of a product, which has happened. Well, no. <laughs> When I started doing rolling inventory, that, that really wasn't a factor. But what I'm saying is basically don't feel like you didn't accomplish something because you didn't sell all the way out. You know? There's many reasons as to why our businesses don't sell, whether it's the product, whether it's the season, whether it's who we trying to make our customers. It's so many different factors that go into why things don't become, quote, unquote, successful. The way I look at it is if I sold one and made my money back, I'm successful in that regard. If I broke even, shit, that's better than a loss. But even with the loss, there's a lesson because if you if you take in losses, that forces you to stop in your tracks and figure out, yo, where did I fuck up here? Let me figure out how to re refix this, recalibrate, reset, regroup, whatever, and then I can launch back harder. Honestly, my online store was trash. It was trash, trash. Words to my homie John Moran, trash. And the reason why I was trash is because I didn't quite, I didn't really know what to do. Honestly, it was a learning curve. And um, I know technology can be a bit of a, a um, an issue for people because it's a lot of things that some people may be creative-minded and may not be tech-minded, and they may be able to do one or the other, may not be able to do both. And for those, like my homegirl, I call her my marketing homegirl, um, Audrey Richmond always says, you know, if you got money, you got time. Or if you ain't got money, you got time. Excuse me. If you broke, shit, you got time to learn a new skill. So shit, figure it out. <laughs> and if you got money and you ain't got time, outsource that shit if it ain't within your scope. You know, because sometimes we'll want to do everything by ourselves. We'll want to be able to be a one-woman, one-man show. And that shit gets stressful. As a person that was a one-woman team the first year and a half of her podcast, it is extremely hard to be everybody. So if you have people that genuinely believe in your mission... And they want to see you win and they're able to give time or resources or advice or whatever, what have you, to make sure that you're, um, you're set up in whatever expertise that they, that they are in that you may not have expertise in. Let them help. Um, and make sure you get shit in writing too because business is business. I'm going to get back to Matter of fact, let me talk about that now before I forget. So um, when it comes to doing business with people, right? I know that for those who are spiritual and have spiritual businesses, they may not want to be bound by quote unquote 3D, 3D, how do I want to say it? Restrictions. Oh, I go on energy. I go on vibes. Um, I don't want to do a contract. You know, I feel like they're not going to screw me over. I, I think I think that idea is, is cool in theory, but at the same time, if it's your business, you need to protect yourself accordingly to make sure that whatever happens you walk away with your 
business. I have seen a lot of times where folks claim they done did handshake deals or people claim that they done worked on some good vibes and good energy and they done fucked around and got their shit taken from them because they let somebody in who really didn't intend to do good by them. They intended to infiltrate their business, learn their ideas, learn their quote unquote trade secrets and things like that. And then they left them high and dry and lost their own shit. I have an example of that. Before I launched Spiritual Homegirl, I used to sell all natural lip balms and body products and things like that. And I remember this very uh, popular girl in the city. And I'm not going to say that it's because of me, but I just thought the timing was very ironic. Okay, so I'm not going to jump on no goddamn high horse and no, oh, she stole from me. But what it was is that I was making some stuff and my cousin was cool with this really fly ass group of video producers. They was putting out the dopest videos in the city around this time. And her boyfriend worked with them as a producer. So any given day, I would be chilling off work. She would say, hey, man, you want to go to so-and-so shoot? I'm like, cool, whatever. So I would be at a TI shoot. I'd be at a BOB shoot. I'd be at a, uh, what, A-Ball? I think it was an A-Ball, MJG, or A-Ball. Y'all just had different shoots, basically. And, um, you know, <clears throat> giving out lip balms that I made as samples to get general interest. Um, so it wasn't like I was trying to, like, you know, I was trying to sell nothing like that because I thought that was disrespectful. You don't come on nobody's set trying to sell shit. And I'm going to talk about aggressive behavior in a minute. But um, I was just, you know, people loved it. They fucked with it. And I remember I had made a green tea blend because my sister, ironically, today, this is the day my sister passed away 11 years ago. But in honor of her, I remember reading something that green tea was good with cancer um, in terms of, like, you know, free radicals, if I remember correctly, in terms of, like, fighting cancer. So I made a green tea bomb in honor of my sister because she died of lung cancer. So I was like, okay, I just want to know what the feedback is. And people loved it. Oh, it's amazing. And it was, you know, it was cute. It was sweet. It was green. You know what I'm saying? I put um, some stuff in it to make it green, you know? So it was cool. It was all natural stuff. And I remember this really popular girl in the city was like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cute. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, man, how many do you have? I'll buy them. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. So she bought a bunch of them. I gave her a big-ass bag of bombs. I basically sold her my entire sample pack. And she went about her business. And then I think like three or four months later, she sold the same exact shit I did. And I remember somebody being like, that bitch stole from you, fuck her. And I was like, no. I mean, technically, she bought some shit from me. It is, it, it may have inspired her or she may have got inspiration from somewhere else. I just know that she bought up, like she bought like 30 damn bones from me. And then she put out some new shit on her shit. And I, and I was kind of like, all right, well, good luck. So I'm saying that to say that sometimes people, regardless of intention, you think they fuck with you, but they, but they might be doing market research on you, okay? So just kind of keep that in mind. Also, people are going to try to steal from you. I know that sounds fear-mongering, and people that don't have protected brands are going to feel that way. I know that because before I owned Spiritual Homegirl, I had a problem with people telling me to protect my shit because I knew deep down I needed to. If you got $250, $300 per class, go register and protect your shit, please. I will be honest with y'all. I done had at least five trademark infringement cease and desist situations I've had since starting Spiritual Homegirl. And for those who, and I got to say this, I have to. I've said on it for years since how I want to address it, and I'm just going to address the shit. Um, until you do the shit and you protect the shit, it's not your idea. I've had most people tell me, oh, I, I totally had this idea. And oh, I mean, I had it. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's not even for me. I think this is just like a respect, common sense. When you tell somebody, when you compliment somebody that they had a good idea or you had a good idea and you had that same idea but you just didn't do it, 
you do understand that's not because they need to know, right? It's, it's not because it does anything for them. I feel like when y'all tell people that, y'all tell people that shit because you, for some reason, may not feel at peace with the fact that you fucked off an idea somebody took and ran. Whether, you know, because I know a lot of ideas, they can come to different people, but everybody don't act on them, right? So when y'all tell somebody that y'all done put out some shit or y'all was going to put out some shit that a person's already doing and y'all didn't, it's, I feel like that's y'all's way of rectifying with yourself. As long as you told that person that you had an idea first, you had the idea whenever, then then y'all can feel better about the fact that y'all fucked off y'all idea. Because to be honest with y'all, I know y'all going to feel triggered. It is not to trigger y'all, and I'm not even talking about any of you specifically because I know the people I spoke to that I done had this conversation with. And when these people done told me this idea, I let it roll off my back. I didn't give a fuck because regardless of what the idea you thought you had, I done ran this shit now and I own it. So you can't do it no way, at least not without seeing me in court, federal court, or running me a royalty if we come to an agreement. So those kind of conversations don't do shit for me. But for those who are not having your brands protected, people are coming up to you talking about what they could have did and they had the same idea. Y'all better get y'all money right and go get y'all shit protected. Because if it ain't protected, it's up for grabs. Like, it's, it's, it's a hard conversation to have because nobody wants to feel like they shit is up for taking. But as somebody whose people, like people have tried to do this shit repeatedly, whether they knew I existed, whether they didn't, whether I've had to email them directly, whether I've had to have a lawyer get involved, whether I've had to get their shit taken down because it's stealing or infringing on my mark. Like, you have to learn at some point, like, bro, like that idea could have been, but it ain't at this point. You got to let it go. It belongs to somebody else. And be mindful that how you come at people when you talk about what you could have did with somebody out here already doing. Those that can do, Period. So there's no need for to talk about what you could have did. You didn't do it. Shit, as far as I'm concerned, that's a dear diary, a, a video blog post for you. Like, that's something that you need to keep within yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you say things like that, it only... It, I mean, unless you got diarrhea of the mouth and you don't know what else to say. Honestly, you know what? Let's open the discussion on this. Hit me up at Maria at SpiritualHomeGirl.com. Maria at SpiritualHomeGirl.com. Because I, be, um, I could be close-minded on this. But I'm open to know... What positive impact does having um, that kind of conversation about a person that coulda, shoulda, woulda, tries to tell you about your business, what positive impact does it have on somebody? Not, oh, I'm just showing them that their idea is viable. They already know their idea is viable because the shit is already open, it's, it's successful, it's launched. It's already viable because it exists in their space and they're working towards it to build it and make it stronger. So I don't want to really go that route. I want like a real life, yo, it's positive because X, Y, Z. Like, I'm curious to know. I, I'm talking about how is it positive for the other person, not for the person that's trying to tell them what they could have, should have, would have did. I'm really curious to know that. So, um, please, creatives, if you have ideas, please protect your shit because people will steal. We are in the age of cloud chasing. Episode 84 was about the epidemic of cloud chasing where people will lie, cheat, rob, steal, kill, fake shit up, and, and swipe a perfectly viable ideal, change a couple of words, and then say it's theirs because they need whatever they need, whether they need notoriety notoriety what the hell was that whether they need notoriety excuse me y'all i'm over here in traffic and i can't talk but whether they need notoriety whether they need money whatever it is like they doing it because there's something that they're lacking that they feel that by stealing something from you they can fulfill so just keep that in mind please 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 if y'all got questions matter of fact i'll do an episode about trademarking with somebody if y'all want me to i mean my stepmom used to work for the trademark office and she would tell me all the time about um what's works and what doesn't work and if i remember correctly if you have an llc that don't mean nothing legally because 
the trademark supersedes the LLC. So just keep that in mind. Matter of fact, I might interview her for the show. You know what? Yeah, we're going to do an episode about this. So spiritual creatives or creatives in general, if you have a business, I got y'all. We're going to talk about how to protect your shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just keep that in mind. Also, um, now, if, if something's out and you do trademark it, prepare to fight in court for that too. Because I've definitely seen situations where folks were already doing business and somebody stole an idea and put it on paper and they had to go to court to figure out who actually owns it. I've also seen situations where somebody owned a festival idea and a person decided to branch off and do the same festival and use the other person's visuals and samples for um, proof of existence. And then they had to basically get that trademark canceled because they did it illegally. So they filed a legal trademark. So we'll definitely talk about all that soon. Also, um, what else did I want to talk about? I talked about contracts, I talked about protection, I talked about stealing, I talked about clout. I want to tell y'all a story. I went to a, 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 uh, a function and there were celebrities there. Yeah, I wasn't starstruck because Prince died three years ago. So if it really ain't Prince or Janet Jackson, I could give a fuck less. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can be very humbled. I can be excited. But in terms of being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not that person. I went out with somebody. And that person might be listening, too. And you and I already know there's no hard feelings. But truth is truth. And, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. But what happened, happened. The person I was with, I brought them there because I figured that since they were doing something that was in the same vein of the people that were going to be there, it would be a good look to network and things like that. But there was an icon at this party. And this icon was really, really, really respected, very, very known. And the icon actually wasn't there to work. They were there supporting the person whose party that I got invited to. So this person um, sees them and they, they start fanning out. Now, I, I don't blame them shit. I mean, the, he's an icon, you know, they're an icon, but it's no point of, I mean, again, if I'm, my icons are a little different, like, I respected it. I was going to go over there and talk, but I wasn't, like, like super, like, pressed. So we go over there at some point, and I'm playing it cool because, you know, it's a cool situation. Don't need to be no other way. But the person next to me is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, I'm so inspired, blah, 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 blah. And then um, they started promoting themselves. And I can look at the icon's face, and I can tell, like, they were kind of like, uh, okay, I'm actually off right now. I'm not really trying to do no business. But, again, I respected the person I was with for going hard but they went so hard that like I had to like kind of pull them away and when you're networking with people just remember there's ways to get your point across without coming off super aggressive a lot of people don't like aggressiveness they can respect upfrontness they can respect conciseness about what you plan on doing with your brand and things like that but I've noticed that the 30 seconds or less approach works or elevator pitch works and I used to struggle with it myself because I used to want people to understand spiritual homegirl in its totality and not get nothing fucked up and, and things like that. But I realized, like, everybody don't have the mental capacity to be hearing me talk two minutes straight about what I do. So I basically have to explain to people, I better self and spirit from homegirl just like you perspective. I do workshops, I do podcasts, I do um, online content, I host events, I host my own workshops, I speak in front of people, and I make sure I inspire people's lives one piece at a time, one day at a time. Now, y'all need to run that back to see how many seconds it was. I know that ain't no damn two minutes. So, with that person, though, I noticed it was super, super aggressive. Also, I noticed that when people bring you into tables and into rooms and things like that, how you move makes the difference. And I noticed that there's like an unspoken rule in networking where people, if they're the connect to, to, the, to the people, you low-key have to respect the connect. 
And I know some of y'all may not want to hear that because it may come like, oh, it's a gatekeeper, it's a gatekeeper. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't be in the room if they didn't put you there. And I know, I'm saying, I, I'm speaking from my experience as well. I wouldn't be in certain rooms if a person had put me there. So out of respect for the person that put me in the room, I got to make sure that I move in a way that doesn't make me look stupid and doesn't make them look stupid for even inviting me there. So if it had been a situation where it was the opposite foot and somebody invited me to this party and I seen them, I would have tried to figure out, okay, how do I go about this without making this person look crazy for bringing me or making me look bad or or things like that you know what i'm saying so there's certain things that we have to be a little bit more mindful of and again i'm never above my own advice but there's certain things we have to be mindful of when we are out here networking in these streets and just remember if people bring you to the table please do not disrespect your connect and try to undercut them or cut them out obviously you're there to make your own connection but you got to make sure shit is cool first because anybody that you like for instance i always tell um like there's certain people that I know that are very connected, like uh, Tetris. Uh, shout out to Tetris. He works for Billboard, and Tetris yeah, got the juice. His ass be everywhere that people want to be, and sometimes he invites me out. And I know that when I go out, I am spiritual homegirl. I am Maria, whatever. But I'm also a guest of my dog. So anything that I do, I have to make sure that I don't disrespect him or don't overstep my bounds because it's gonna reflect poorly on him. So we're meeting a bunch of public relation people and artists and things like that. I can't come aggressive and be like, yo, I love you. Oh, my God. Or, yo, y'all do public relations. Oh, my God, put me. I, I do shit. I need, a, I need a public relations specialist. It just makes it makes me look thirsty. It makes me look pressed. And it makes Tetris look like he has a bad judge of character when bringing people around um, events or, or settings that don't require all that. All rooms don't require that energy. Sometimes you might be in a room and that aggressive shit may work. But just remember to fill out the room and remember to respect yourself and the person you came with. Because sometimes people may not tell you you overstepped your bounds. Sometimes people won't just invite you nowhere. It's easier to just disinvite you from here on out forever than have a conversation about why you may have overstepped your bounds or did something you weren't supposed to do or did something that might have been done with good intention but didn't necessarily execute the same way. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's something to keep in mind too. Also, when it comes to business with people... Um, <laughs> One thing that we should learn, and I'm saying I'm laughing because I've done it myself. We should make sure that we offer things that we think people like, not things that we we think that people will like. Because everybody's different. Just make sure that whatever you offer, it benefits everybody and it doesn't just benefit you. And I know that sounds weird because you have a particular customer in mind. Just make sure that those customers, like, think about them. Would they like this? Would they fuck with this? Like, just make sure. Because I know sometimes we'll put our heart into a, a particular product and it don't work. And then we'll be like, damn. Uh, I thought they liked it. No, you liked it. God damn it. They didn't like it. And sometimes we'll try to push a product that don't sell and we'll think that, oh, maybe if I just promote it again, promote it again, they'll like it. No, that's saying that you should probably go back to the drawing board and start over. You know what I'm saying? Or figure out how to tweak it and make it pop. So that's just another thing to keep in mind, too. Uh, matter of fact, last year, last summer, um, well, actually, almost two years ago, I sold a couple of crystal infused aromatherapy products and I thought, and they, and they loved it. And then I launched them, soft launch last year, and they sold out. And then now my online pop-up shop, I actually have three versions of that product. So if you go to spiritualhomegirl.shop, you'll see exactly what I meant. But sometimes you have to test things out to see if people really fuck with it. And also another thing too, as business owners, um, don't get too happy or get your heart set on somebody liking, okay? Impressions and views and likes on, on content that feature your products or ads, that doesn't equate to sales. If anything, I would look at 
ads and things like that as a as an awareness thing like okay a lot of people seen it but buying is different so you have to make sure your your funnels are tight to where people they they want to buy they can buy immediately when you and i'm saying this as a customer um when we make the process hard for folks to buy we don't fuck with it it ain't that important so we make the process too tedious or we be on some like multiple step type shit oh okay well you want this okay well hit me up in the dm then hit him dm hey what's your email address okay i'm gonna send you an invoice like i did that once and i hated it i was like i'll never do this shit again it's too many steps and even as a person that sold it i was like damn as a customer i don't want to do this so i'm just saying make sure your funnels are tight um cash out if you want to do cash out that's cool i mean i think that's cool for like hairstyles and stuff like that and for certain products that are online that don't have to necessarily be fulfilled but um Make sure you have an organizing system for that because it's really easy to get lost in the cash app of what was sold and what wasn't sold, how much the goods cost and things like that. But that, that's just me. There's some people who can do it with cash app and don't, don't give a fuck. And I mean, shout out to y'all. But I just know for me, I need a sense of more structure and organization to make sure that I'm keeping on top of like what I sold and things like that. And is there anything else? Oh, yeah. So sometimes people like what you do and they want to do it and they try to ask you for the entire blueprint of how you did it and i know that people say oh there's something for everybody there's an audience for everybody if we offer the same things it should matter because we have our separate audiences i agree with that but i also agree in finding your way and figuring out what works for you and asking somebody and you might disagree with me on that and we can agree to disagree but asking somebody how they did it to the t asking for specifics asking for every asking for the entire game from the rooter to the tutor, from point A to point Z, from point, point zero to infinity, I think that's lazy. A lot of people have worked very hard, have spent a lot of time, have spent a lot of energy, a lot of money to make sure that they get the systems in place that they have. So, and at first I just think that was some arrogant shit, but now that I've set up my own, I, I see what they say now. A lot of hard work and years of time going to making sure that you do things at a certain level at a certain um having a certain offer and things like that so when somebody just come out of nowhere and be like hey what you do for this it's almost like well shit you figure it out like go figure it out that's a part of the journey with your business what works for me might might not even work for you go figure out your own particular vendor go figure out you know other ways to to get your stuff off like you can find out now if you need like a general like idea i'm pretty sure people don't mind giving you ideas but in terms of asking for specifics and and all this other stuff, like, I, I'm not really, I, I, I don't see the point in that. I do think it's lazy. Again, we can agree to disagree. But it almost, I know the intention can be good when it comes off, like, you want to, like, you know, I just ask the questions. And I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong for asking. But at the same time, you have to consider all the stuff that goes into those systems being put in place. That's all I'm saying. So if you get the reaction you get, just at least understand that's where it comes from. So, I mean, and again, like I said, I used to think it was some bullshit. I used to be like, oh, y'all arrogant as fuck, fuck y'all. But now, again, I realize that's not always the case. Sometimes, I mean, shit, not even sometimes. People put a lot of hard work into what they do. So, it got to be respected. Um, and nowadays, shit, everybody's selling shit now. So, I mean, either you're going to figure it on your own or you're going to pay for the game. But on other things, and again, it's up to the person's discretion. But in terms of the entire blueprint, I'm just saying, certain things you can give up the game on. But the entire blueprint... It's not to be told. The game ain't to be told. I don't know if it's meant to be sold sometimes, but damn sure ain't meant to just be told 100% sometimes. That's just something to keep in mind. Is there anything else in business? 
that I want to talk about. Oh, don't let these folks game you. I had somebody tell me once that they saw my um, my stuff being like viable and things like that, and they want to help me and and stuff like that. People will throw help in your face when they see that you're at the ground floor of something that's really really dope. And sometimes they they just kind of want to get in um, to kind of say they were in on the ground floor and then tax your ass down the line. I had that happen to me. I had somebody try to take advantage of me, trying to do some uh, merchandising, and I was kind of like, okay, cool, I'm down. I didn't really know them too well, um, but I said the energy is cool. We had a, everything in writing. I was fine with that. And I noticed that they low-key was like half-assing on their job. And I was like, cool, I don't need to cuss about it, but I do know that I'm done with this situation after we, after we, uh, handle business and I never talked to them again because you only got one time for a lot of people, myself included to screw up in business. And when that one time happens and you don't take care of business, you can't blame people for them not wanting to fuck with you no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing. Like, honestly, it's like that personally, too. People have things that happen personally, and some things are just such red flags and such non-negotiables. Even if you apologize and even attempt to atone, it'll never be the same dynamic that'll make you want to fool with them again and things like that. And if you feel like that, you're well within your right, you know? So, And, and if it's happening, you fucked up on business, you have to understand that they're well within their right to make sure that they protect themselves and their spirit and their business by avoiding you because you dropped the ball. And, and when it comes to business and collaborations, communication is very, 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 very key. Um, I think it's better to over-communicate about the business and have a lack of communication happen to where folks think that you're trying to fuck them over or, or steal money and things like that. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, so, wait, is that, that car gone on me? I hope them car ain't got... I'm not reversing, so they might as well... Y'all, just a sidebar. If y'all about to go out into the street and y'all leaving the parking lot and they got a car behind you, if you trying to back up and try again, go ahead and take that L and just make that right and then bust on you because ain't nobody finna back up in the line with people leaving the parking lot, you know? But I'm trying to think, is there anything else I talked about? Protection. Oh, collaborations. Again, collaborating with a check. Handle and play at your own risk, okay? Because... I see a lot of instances where people have tried to link up for the bag and the bag alone. And then they realize that this person really ain't shit. And now they've tied their professional reputation and a business to these people. So I'm just telling y'all, keep that in mind when y'all decide to collaborate with folks. Just because people present well online does not mean they present well in person and offline. Some people are good at putting on masks. To come up like they cool as shit. And then when you deal with them privately, they talk shit about their customers. They talk shit about the people they work with. And they look at people as money grabs. And if you want to deal with people that move like that, I mean, more power to you. But I know for me, I can't move people that just shit on people and look at them as nothing but um, dollar signs. I feel like you can make money and still care about the people you serve instead of just looking at them as people that's going to pay your trip to um, to wherever the destination you want to go or clothes you want to buy like you i mean when you dehumanize your customers you already fucked up that's what a lot of these corporations do now and i think a lot of people realize that and they take their money to locally owned businesses and, and things like that because people want to feel like they care or, or are being cared about 
that's another thing to keep in mind. But I think I have talked enough. I'm over here in little five points, gonna mob out for a little bit. Uh, oh, my back is killing me, but we're gonna have a, a little bit of a good time with my homegirls. Shout out to Tia, um, Tia Speaks, and Ivana of Blossoming Brown Girls. I'm gonna kick it with them for a little bit before I go back home to Los Angeles. So, again, pop up shop is out. Chris Lord Roma Therapy Products, puzzles, puzzle books, and that's nothing I want to talk about, too. I really am proud of my puzzle books. Like, I'm really happy about that because. I don't see nobody doing that. And I hope that nobody decides to do it because they see me doing it, but it won't surprise me. But I'm really excited because there's so many different ways you can present um, different things. I decide to try something different, and I'm really excited about that. So we got those, and I also have my sweatshirts and my shirts and things like that. So, But, yeah, spiritualhomegirl.shop. Shop with your girl. The prices are going to be low, low, low until Tuesday after that. Um, the shop might go away. If it doesn't, I'm pretty sure I'll do a quick voice note and let y'all know, but they won't be at those prices after Tuesday. So make sure you stop by. It'll be three to five business days for the process, and then we'll get you stuff, uh, your stuff shipped out ASAP Rock. Well, I won't say ASAP Rocky, but ASAP Julie. And um, that's it, y'all. Don't forget to sign up for Tribe Letter. Um, you can click the link in my bio at, on anything to so hit it up. You know, hit me up if you want to sign up. Uh, through email you can do so at maria at spiritualhomegirl.com tappity tap in with your girl and with that being said i'm finna enjoy my city before i gotta go back home y'all take care trust the journey trust yourself peace